The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. That's right, Breach. It's Pick 6 Podcast time. Off-season preview edition. Me, Ryan Wilson, joined by John Breach. It's officially the off-season, which means, Breach, it's full-time mock draft Wilson mode. But before that, we're going to talk a little off-season stuff. In particular, what teams might take a step back next season? Will Lamar get traded? Why am I talking like this? Uh, Will Daniel Jones, I don't can't believe Billy put this on the rundown. Will Daniel Jones get the Giants to the Super Bowl? Come on, Billy. Uh, What's next for Derek Carr? And much, much more. Johnny Breach, how are you doing? Well, you went into your NPR voice for 10 seconds, so I got a little bit confused there. And then I am surprised to even see you right now. I just thought you just locked yourself in a closet the whole for the next three months and just did mock drafts and did HQ hits from this closet, and you were just all draft all the time. But thanks for taking some time out of your day to talk about something that has nothing to do with the draft, Wilson. You're welcome. If you Speaking of which, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the old thumbs up button. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. As John mentioned, if you like the draft, you can follow the With the First Pick podcast, which is with me and, uh, as I describe them, our general manager, Rick Spielman, who was the Vikes general manager for a decade. And so do all that stuff. It would make us very happy. And Breach would be able to buy his daughter a new pair of shoes. And you know what? I'll throw in a Rick Spielman note. I had never met him before Super Bowl week. Uh, I chatted that guy up. He probably thinks I'm the most annoying person on the planet. Spent about half hour uh, talking with him at media night and just asked him about everything I could think to ask him about. And he answered every single question. He's a great guy. He is an open book. And you know, it, it, it's sort of weird because when you think about, you know, owners of football teams, obviously, you have great relationships with those guys, too, as it turns out. General managers, uh, they feel like they're on another level. But when you talk to Rick, he treats you like just one of the guys. And he will literally tell you anything that that, um, that you ask him in, in general. He's an open book and he's great on the podcast. Uh, Breach, I don't know if I told you that in Mobile at the Senior Bowl the week before the Super Bowl, uh, I met a couple of his um, former draft guys from, from the Vikings. And 
to a person, they both came up to me and said, when we listened to the podcast, that's exactly how Rick treated us. Because Rick is a ball buster, and he likes to call people out. But he, underneath that, he's an incredibly gracious, nice person. Um, and it was nice to commiserate with some people who actually worked for Rick and, and got paid to do it. Well, and I will say the person who got called out the most during Super Bowl week was definitely Pete Prisco. That, you know, like Prisco gives us a hard time, but he has a hard time uh, battling back from Spielman. It's pretty he- – you never see someone with a higher up on the, the chain than make fun of Prisco, and that happened, so it was nice. It happened frequently, for sure. Joke's on you, Prisco. Joke's on you, Petey Pancakes. All right. This is the first thing that Billy wants us to talk about. Teams that will take a step back next season. And, Breach, you probably know the fun fact. I'm going to make it up off the top of my head. Typically, there's always a, a handful of teams that make the playoffs the year before that struggle to make the playoffs the next year. And by struggle, I mean miss it entirely. So I guess the question that I'm putting to you is, which team, quote-unquote, overachieved this year and, and might be looking to, to take a step back next year? Let's see. I'll, I'll give you the, the teams that made the playoffs. The Bills, the Dolphins, your Bengals, the Ravens, the Jaguars, Chiefs, and Kansas City in the AFC. Let's start there, then we'll we'll circle back to the NFC. Well, so I think the stat is there's four new playoff teams every year since like 1990, which means there's going to be at least four teams from the, this past postseason that do not make it. Um, and you're only asking me to name one. Is that is that what whatever you think? Whatever there? whatever strikes you fancy. Uh, you know what? I will say I'll take the obvious one. Feel bad saying it. It's just low hanging fruit. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they were barely a playoff team. Yes, they're in a bad division, but I don't know who is there going to be their starting quarterback. Are you giving the, the job to Kyle Trask? Are you giving it to Blaine Gabbert? Are you going to go out and sign someone? I have no idea, but whatever they do, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to find a huge upgrade over Tom Brady. And they only won eight games. And are they going to improve on that? I don't think so. So if you can't win more than eight games, you're not going to make the playoffs. So I think that is my would be my top-ranked team that is not going to return to the postseason. We are definitely in off-season form because I, I, I read the list of playoff teams from the AFC. I said, we'll start there, and you went straight to the Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, but as you mentioned, the Buccaneers have the 19th pick. Uh, that's way too low to probably get a quarterback, to your point. So they have some things to sort out. They fired Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator. Todd Bowles is still there. On the NFC side, three teams from the NFC East, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants made the playoffs. The Vikings made the playoffs. And look, the Vikings weren't posers. They won 13 games, uh, but they won every game by a half a point, which was impossible until last season. You mentioned the Buccaneers. And then, of course, San Francisco and Seattle in the NFC West. So I'll go back to the AFC. Let me ask you this. <laughs> and we'll see. Do you think are, are the Dolphins going to be better or worse next year? Ah, uh, you know what's funny is that I was trying to figure that out in my head, and I would have just not talked for five minutes, so I just went straight to the Buccaneers. I went to another Florida team. Uh, that's because you asked about the AFC. I think that they are going to be better. I, I just think okay. they can get nine. I think nine and eight or ten and seven is about where they're going to be. Uh, as long as our quarterback situation stays the way it is, I don't, I can't, I mean, it's just, it's a solid roster. You still have Tyree kill. You still have Jalen Waddle. You still have a stacked offense. Uh, if Tua stays healthy, I just don't see that team taking a huge step back. No, I think that's right. I, I think I thought Tua was good when he was healthy. The, the concern of course, of the concussions. Uh, so if I have to drop a team, I mean, I'm going to drop the Ravens. Ooh. There's concern about Lamar in terms of the contract, not about the, the football stuff. He did have the injury and didn't play. 
they changed offensive coordinators. They now have Todd Munkin in there. Todd Munkin had great success at Georgia the last few years, so that perhaps is an upgrade, but then you have to figure out how does that fit inside the offense that includes Lamar. And this allows me to get in. If you had to guess which team I'm going to put in the playoffs, which team do you think is going to be in the AFC to replace the Ravens? Well, you're Ryan Wilson, so I'll say the Steelers. Steelers 2.0, Mac Jones and the Patriots. Oh. They're back, baby. Bill O'Brien, going to get that team right. Mac Jones, uh, whatever the odds for MVP, bet him now because you're going to win a trillion dollars when he wins MVP next year. Oh, my God. Don't do this bet, people. Don't set your money on fire. Um, you know, I will say an AFC team. So just because I think the Dolphins win nine games doesn't mean I think they'll make the playoffs. I just think they're going to be very similar uh, to how they were this year. But you know what? I will go on a limb. I will make my AFC team the Los Angeles Chargers. You want to get say, Brandon Staley fired so bad. Well, look, I don't want Brandon Staley fired because I think that Andy Reid loves having him in the division. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's good for Andy Reid. But the one thing I will say about the Chargers is, you know, we don't know what is going to happen with Keenan Allen. Um, there's been some speculation that he could be a salary cap casualty. So you're losing one of your weapons. Uh, this team went 10 and seven, maybe could have been a little better, could have been a little worse. But here's the thing is I think the Raiders will be better when Josh McDaniels has a quarterback he wants there. Not that I think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. I think the Broncos are going to be better. And again, not that I think they're going to make the playoffs, but if they go, they went five and 12 this past season. If they go eight and nine, you know, those three wins, I just think the division is going to be overall more difficult because I could see the Raiders and Broncos both becoming eight win teams, which adds five more wins uh, to what they did this past year. Um, so I'm getting rid of the Chargers and I'm going to put in the New York Jets or the Patriots, one of those two. So what about this? And someone mentioned this in the comments, Josh Dooley, I believe. The Bills are going to slip. Are you buying that? I mean, I could see the Bills slipping. They went 13 and three, but I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. You know, I, like even if they regress by three games, they're still 10 and seven. I still think that's good enough to put them in the playoffs. So I could absolutely see them. I mean, the beatdown they took to end the season. So, you know, we all remember the 13 seconds divisional round playoff mm -hmm. loss to the Chiefs. That kind of thing puts a chip on your shoulder and says, oh, we are this close to the Super Bowl. We just need to make one or two moves. We'll get there. When you get a beatdown like this, I feel like that makes you kind of reevaluate everything. Like, man, we had no shot in that game. Where do we stand in this conference? We don't even know. We're, we're barely the third best team at this point because the Chiefs and Bengals are one and two. Uh, so I could see them taking a step back, but I just don't think uh, just the AFC East. I just think they're the best team in the AFC. So maybe 11 games wins the AFC East. The other thing is, I think we probably both agree that Josh Allen wasn't 100 percent, even though he didn't say his elbow was bothering him after that Jets game back in November, December, whenever it was. And I suspect his elbow will be 100 percent when he takes the field in September and he'll look a lot more like MVP Josh Allen than end of season Josh Allen, who admittedly wasn't the Josh Allen we were used to seeing. All right. Let's yeah. go what do you want to say? No, agreed. All right, let's go to the NFC, which you already gave us a sneak peek. The Buccaneers are the layup, easy answer. All right, let me ask you this. Can the Seahawks make it back to the playoffs if they re-sign Geno? Like, uh, I'm asking you, do you trust Geno in two straight years? I don't think so. I think – I was on the fence between Tampa Bay and Seattle with who I would eliminate. It's not that I don't think – to me, they're like the Dolphins but not as talented – like, I, I don't think they're going to fall and be a, a six and 11 team. I think they're going to win eight or nine games next year. But you also have this whole year of film on Geno Smith now. The Seahawks, I think, He's surprised been in the league since 2014. Or well, whatever. I'm talking about in the sense that nobody knew what the Seahawks were going to be like. And I think they caught everyone off guard 
by how good they were, they're not going to catch anyone off guard in 2023. So uh, I think it's going to be a little tougher for them to get to nine and eight. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm throwing the Seahawks out with the Bucks. Okay, in that division, do they finish second, or do you think the Rams with no players on their team, or the Cardinals with a new coach and an ACL torn quarterback, have a chance to make noise against the 49ers? Uh, you know what's funny is I think. I made a bet with Adam Beasley of Pro Football Network. Man, Beasley out there getting me drunk and, and roping me into bets. Uh, we made a $50 bet, and I said the Rams would finish in one of the top two spots in the NFC West. They don't have to make the playoffs. They just have to finish in first or second place. The Rams? The Rams. And Billy so, asks, do you think D-Hop would go to the Rams? Will that help them? I mean, I don't know. Their offensive line is an issue. They have a lot of old guys. Yeah, the offensive line, it definitely is the big issue. But I don't think the Cardinals are going to be better. I think the Seahawks are going to take a step back. So it just feels like the Rams, and not that I think they're going to make the playoffs, I just think they'll be the second-best team in the NFC West. Uh, you know, like I think the Lions would be an interesting pick. Uh, and then I was the going to ask you, what are the Lions' chances of winning that division? We don't know. What we know now, like maybe Aaron's there, maybe he's not. 40%? I like I think that. it's pretty high. I feel like, the, like I don't really like the Packers next year. It's just... There's too much drama with Aaron Rodgers, and if you trade him away, then Jordan loves a first-year starter. Uh, so, man, and and the Vikings could take a step back. I don't think they're going to win 13 games again. I was going to ask you, who do you trust more, Geno Smith or Kevin O'Connell going into year two, quotation marks? Kevin O'Connell. Really? Okay. No hesitation. What about you? All right, I'm not going to take the Vikings. That who do you like, trust? I was going to say, the Vikings feel like a layup to pick not to make it because they did struggle. I, I would imagine they're going to fix the defense. Tampa Bay is the obvious one. I have to pick one of the teams in the NFC because three teams made it. So, obviously, the Eagles are going to win two football games. Um, I'm kidding. Is there a chance Dallas misses? Like, I feel, uh, I feel better about the Giants than I do Dallas. Giants and Brian Dable won with the same team that Joe Judge couldn't win with. And now they'll have, I don't know what the cap space situation is, but I imagine they have some cap space to go get players. And then they'll, they'll have the draft to continue to, to fix the, the roster that way. I just don't know. The way Dak played at the end of the year, and maybe he was injured too, but we didn't hear about it. But he looked terrible. Well, he had his thumb. You know, that, that knocked him out a few games. Same thing with Russell Wilson. And Wilson hasn't been the same quarterback since that thumb injury. Yeah, Wilson should be saying that every week when he talks to the media. Because that thumb injury was two years ago. Two seasons ago. Um, well, so, I mean, the Cowboys won 12 games in two straight seasons. Like, to me... And you still don't trust him, though? I, I, I No, I, I don't trust him in the playoffs. I trust him in the regular season. Okay, classic, so classic they'll, get, they'll get the playoffs and then... All right, fair enough. All right, I'm going to go with the Cowboys as my early bet to miss the playoffs just because oh, it's my fun. Gosh. All right. Will Lamar Reginald Jackson the third? I made up his middle name in his third part. Will Lamar Jackson get traded? I am 50-50 on this, but why? I'm gonna say no. why would he get traded? You just franchise him. Well, that's that's what I'm gonna say. I'm you gonna say but my answer here is no, because I think you franchise him. So there's at least one more season. And if you take the entire next year and you cannot hammer out a long-term deal, then you're just not meant to be. And also you know, this following season is once again Lamar betting on himself because if he's on a one-year deal and they get to the playoffs, then, you know, he's just going to be making more money. And the thing is, is that if you franchise tag him, and this is the downside for the Ravens, you have your price right now, Whether maybe he wants Deshaun Watson money or uh, and the Ravens are offering market value, which aren't the same because Watson has all that guaranteed money. But if you let Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert sign contracts, Lamar's money only goes up. He's only going to want more than them 
Um, so, you know, if you don't get the deal done this year, it's tough to see the deal get done. So, yeah, I think he'll play at least one more year in Baltimore. All right. Let me make sure I have the math right. The franchise tag for quarterbacks is $32.4 million. Does that sound right? That sounds low. Uh, there's an exclusive check. franchise tag and there's a non-exclusive. So maybe you have the info set salary cap. I'm just looking at something that Floria talked about back a few weeks ago. So let me double check 32.4. So that's what it is. That's, that's a bargain. If you're the Ravens, Lamar doesn't want that. And if you franchise him two years in a row, it's 120% of the previous franchise tag. I believe that's right. And if it's 120% of their salary the year before, that means the second year franchise is only $38.4 million, which is also a bargain from the Ravens' perspective. If you're Lamar, I don't think you play on it, but uh, that would be the incentive for the Ravens not to rush into paying him $45 million a year. You're saving 7 to $9 million a year on the contract by franchising him twice. And maybe you're game- – I mean, first of all, you don't want to make him angry. So, But also, if you're the Ravens, can you imagine like going to that deal with Lamar saying, like, man, you want – 49 million a year we can literally just tag you and, and save 17 million like why would we convince us why we should do otherwise convince us why they should sign him to a long-term deal no if you're the ravens and lamar wants a 50 million dollar a year deal with all of it guaranteed and he's not oh right yeah you know he won't negotiate on that because he wants the deshaun watson deal and you're the ravens you're like well okay or we can just give you 32 million dollars for one year since you're not gonna you know listen to our negotiations uh he just doesn't have as much leverage as i think he feels like he has I don't know. Quarterback's really the only position where you do have leverage in the NFL. What's plan B? That's what I always say. Whether you fire a coach or you're going to get rid of your quarterback who won the MVP, what's plan B? Uh, I guess the season with Tyler Huntley. Yeah, boy. Well, then that's my team to miss the playoffs if that's the direction we're going. I don't know what your plan B is. and So that's uh, an interesting situation. Hey, okay. they almost beat the Bengals in the wild card round with Tyler Huntley. Okay. Anyway. All right. So let's say Lamar gets traded. Lamar and, and the Vegas have, have been mentioned as a possible marriage in the future. It can that's not Josh McDaniel's style, number one. Um, Jonathan Jones tweeted out on February 16th, which is the, the day we're doing this podcast. Per sources, it's my understanding that the Ravens did not fully integrate Lamar into the hiring process for the new offensive coordinator. And they, I mentioned they hired Todd Munkin. You would imagine they ask questions about Todd Munkin. It's not like the Raiders are the Colts or the, the modern day Colts in terms of haphazardly hiring people. So I would imagine there's a lot of talk about how does Lamar and, and, and Todd's offense work in, in concert. All that said, what's the best landing spot for Lamar in your mind? The Buccaneers need a quarterback. The Vegas, Vegas needs a quarterback. Carolina, maybe they're tired of going down the, the free agent slash trade route. Uh, I mean, who has the talent? to you know because you need the, the Ravens built their offense around Lamar Jackson so what other team has kind of the personnel to build something similar I would say the Falcons seem like oh, the best I was just thinking spot. that go ahead well I mean we saw what they did Arthur Smith was so creative with the talent he had to work with last year and their rushing attack I think surprised everyone I don't think anyone thought that's what they're going to do uh, they ran the ball pretty well and even though they only won seven games I'd say they still exceeded expectations you throw Lamar in there, and man, that makes that offense a lot more fun. It was already way more fun to watch than I thought it was going to be. And there's not a lot of landing spots. I mean, Houston has two first-round picks. I, I, you're not trading two first-round picks. Would you trade the 12th overall pick if you're the Texans to the Ravens for Lamar? No. No. Really? Really? No. How come? I just don't think he's a good fit for the Texans. Well, they have a new coach, the new um, office coordinator, Bobby Slowick from 49ers, where they were running the Trey Lance well, offense. 
What about the Titans with Derrick Henry and Lamar? I like that. They still have offensive line issues, and they give up their first-round pick, which is pick number... They had the 11th pick? Good Lord. How did that happen? Because the, they lost to Jacksonville. So they have the 11th pick. <sighs> you need to fix the offensive line. I'm going to make notes of these and ask these questions to Rick Spielman on the With the First Pick podcast, so check that out, because... Um, He's smarter than Breach. I'm not sure if he's smarter than me, so he may have some insight. Well, well, what do you think about Shane Steichen saying, hey, I had Jalen this past season in Philly. Mm-hmm. Why don't I trade for him, bring him to Indy, and I can run something similar? Okay, so would you trade the fourth overall pick for Lamar, or would you just draft C.J. Stroud, for example, if he's there? Uh, probably draft. I'd rather not pay a guy $50 million per year. I don't know what their cap situation is. We'll have to look at that, but it feels like, but you know what you have on Lamar. And that division stinks. Right. And Steichen has experience in much the same way that Bobby Sloak had experience. Yeah, but I'm not giving up the fourth overall pick for Lamar. I'd give up. What about a future first and a bunch of. Yeah, maybe a future first, because I think that if I can succeed with him, then, you know, that's going to be a lower first round pick. Billy makes the obvious point that Lamar is an MVP breach. From three years ago. Yeah. And that he has gotten true. progressively worse since then, and he's been battling injuries. So those would be my concerns. If I don't I'm know if he's gotten progressively worse, but he has battled injuries. Well, he has regressed. I don't. Okay, he has I'll not played as well as he did in 2019, and he the last two seasons he's missed games due to injuries. All right, fair enough. Well, that'd be something to to, to watch unfold. It, it boggles my mind to think that the Ravens would move on from him, but stranger things have happened. Mostly all last offseason, Russ got traded. Uh, Devonta Adams got traded. It's a bunch of crazy stuff. All right, here's one that someone was clearly... Wait, if, if Lamar Jackson gets traded, does that mean Joe Burrow's the longest-tenured starting quarterback in that division? He is, and he's still eight years younger than Kenny Pickett. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, that's true. Man, Kenny Pickett's coming. All right, here's one of the craziest questions you'll be asked this offseason. And, oh and Billy, I'll be praying for you, my man. Can Daniel Jones get the Giants to the Super Bowl? <laughs> This is Billy just wanting us to shut down another NFC East team that's saying no one can compete with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know what my feeling is about Daniel Jones? I, you know, like if the Giants keep him, that's fine. Brian Dable worked miracles, worked wonders with him this year, made him look like a good quarterback. And I think another year in Dable's system will do wonders for Jones. I think he could be even better next year. But to me, he's got that Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins ceiling. So disrespectful. But just and that ceiling is that you're not winning a Super Bowl with him. Like he can get you the playoffs. You might even win a playoff game. Uh, but I just don't see them winning a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. I think Brian Dable's the best thing to happen to Daniel Jones, and that, that's no grand proclamation. But I like him a lot more. And he was one of those guys. Prisco said this at the time during the 2019 draft that NFL teams like him a lot more than NFL draft media, and that was the case. Same thing with Mac Jones a few years ago when I was driving the Mac- McCorkle Jones train, and that'll be the case this year with Will Levis out of Kentucky. But I think. The takeaway for me is, and again, no, incredibly obvious, the landing spot, the system you're in is so important. Brock Purdy is an example. Of course, Josh Allen is an example. He had Brian Dable. And I think that Brian Dable was a a professional lifesaver for Daniel Jones. Saquon, to a lesser degree, I think Saquon was just healthy. But what he got out of that team, Brian Dable, with the same, basically the same personnel and trading Kadarius Tony and having Wondell Robinson get hurt early in the season and lost for the year, it's pretty remarkable. I'm glad he won play, uh, Coach of the Year. That said, your point is the – I'm trying to think. Like, I think he's more – closer to Kirk Cousins than Andy Dalton, but the overall takeaway, you ain't winning the Super Bowl to either one of those guys. 
And there are very few quarterbacks who win a Super Bowl with anyway. I saw a stat somewhere, Breach, that only four active quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. And that's seems- uh, yeah, with Tom Brady out, that sounds right. Yeah. So obviously, uh, I got Patrick Mahomes. I don't even know who else is on the list. Um, like he was Russell, Russell Wilson. Oh, Russ, Aaron Rodgers. He's still technically in the league. And maybe, no, I almost said Matt Ryan. <laughs> and there's somebody else that I'm missing, I think. But, um, oh, well, you Matt know, Stafford. I don't know if that list includes because I, does Jimmy Garoppolo count or is this starting quarterbacks only? Well, he's a free agent now, but he's going to play Jacoby Brissett, all those Patriots quarterbacks that played with Tommy Brady. No, I think you had to start the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. So Matthew Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe he, if you're counting non free agents technically, but it's a short list, is my point. So Daniel Jones would have a tall hill to climb. That said, I think they make the playoffs over the Cowboys as we sit here on February 16th. Uh, let, let me ask you this. Let, let's think of a neutral team. Okay. Uh, what's a neutral team? It's middle of the road. What about uh, the Titans' offensive line stinks? Let's go with the Packers. So if you're the Packers, would you rather have Daniel Jones or Dak Prescott? Uh, are we talking about Dak? The, the one, back that, the one we or? saw in January. The same guys. January, Daniel, Dan, January, Dak. Who's the coach of my... Everything mm-hmm. else stays the same. I would say Dak. The thing that you hesitated is what's troubling. <laughs> so that's why I think Daniel Jones, he's on the up, and I, I'm concerned about I, I want to see what happens in a post-Kellen Moore world. I don't know if Kellen Moore was the end-all, be-all. He, he's with the Chargers down, Herbert, so we'll get a sense of that. But um, they have a new offensive coordinator, and Mike McCarthy's still there. All right, another quarterback. And right now he's the, the bell of the ball, as they say, Breach. Derek Carr. Got released because he refused to be traded. Had a no trade clause. Can go wherever he wants. The Saints are a popular destination. The Giants are a popular destination. We didn't—I mean, not the Jets. Excuse me. We didn't mention Lamar going to the Jets, um, but that I would imagine that would be in the mix. Uh, better fit for the Jets, Lamar or Derek? Uh, I think Derek Carr. Really? I just think that the base, based on what that offense does, that Carr is more of a quarterback that fits that situation. What? Billy disagrees. I don't know. Like, I like Derek Carr. Like, I'm actually, I think, <laughs> I think I picked him. Uh, no, I didn't. Two years ago when they signed Marcus Mariota in Vegas, I picked Mariota to win the job after four weeks and take that team to the playoffs. Obviously, that didn't happen. Derek Carr played pretty well. He he played okay this season under Josh McDaniels. Obviously, he got benched at the end and Jared Stidham came in. But is De- Derek Carr is better than Zach Wilson as well. But it, is he good enough to get that team with that defense in New York for the Jets into the playoffs? Well, I think that with the, if you're picking between Carr and Lamar Jackson, they're so different. Like their skill set's so different that you, as a coach, have to decide. Like, hey, look, what are we going to do here? What do, what do I want? What am I trying to design my offense to look like? And it just feels like, uh, hey, guys, we just saw Nathaniel Hackett. Billy's playing the clip here. You want Nathaniel Hackett running an offense with Lamar Jackson because that just seems like it's not going to work. So it's more of of the scheme fit that I think Derek Carr would work better with Nathaniel Hackett. Well, the other thing, like I don't disagree. The other thing is the Jets won seven games with Zach Wilson starting some of those games. Flacco starting some of the games. They beat the Browns with Joe Flacco. And, of course, Mike White, he was uh, a breath of fresh air. And if you throw in Derek Carr, he was, he was above, he's, he's above replacement level. I have to look at the football outsider's number to see where he measured out this year. But in general, he, he was in the MVP running before he broke his his, his uh, lower leg a few years ago. Um, I think he I think he helps get that team to the playoffs. I think are they better than the the Dolphins in that division? 
If they put Carr in New York? Yeah. Yeah. Look, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm calling, I'm having my representatives call up two teams. I am saying either get me on the Jets or get me on the Carolina Panthers. Oh, wait. What about the Saints or the Bucks? I just think the Panthers are a team that feels more like they're a quarterback away from winning the NFC South than the other two. So, like, their coaching staff is actually legit. Like they have, right. I mean, Frank Reich, you give him a quarterback, and it, I, I, so if you put Derek Carr on the Panthers, I think they could win ten games. I don't think the Bucks with Derek Carr are as good as the Panthers with Derek Carr. I don't think the Saints with Derek Carr are as good as the Panthers with Derek Carr. So I just think if I'm picking an NFC South team and I'm Derek Carr, that uh, Carolina would be on the top of my list. Not only that, do you know who they hired the other day? Who? My guy, Jim Caldwell. Oh, Jim Caldwell. That's so they, they have Jim okay. Caldwell on staff. They have Josh McCown on staff. The the guy who was supposed to get the Texans job last year. They have uh, Dom Capers. Dom Capers. They literally have three former NFL head. It's like David Tepper was so burnt out on Matt Rule, a guy who had no NFL experience. He's like, we're just going to hire every NFL head coach and get them on the staff. And I don't care how much it costs. That's right. Idro Evero, the the Broncos defense coordinator, moved over to Carolina. The idea that Rex Ryan could be the Broncos defense coordinator is absolutely fabulous as well but uh i think the panthers call is a good one even though on paper maybe not even on paper because the way that steve wilkes into the season going six and six of the panthers and that makeshift team maybe they're already better than the bucks who are you know they've been they're they're shelled themselves now in a post-time brady world and of course the saints my guy Jameis didn't work out your guy andy dalton non-surprisingly didn't work out either all right so that's supposed to mean not surprisingly not to, to me. You were shocked. He had zero talent. Michael Thomas was injured the whole year. He didn't get any help. Well, that's one, Mike. I'll ask you about another, Mike. Is Mike Evans on the trading block? Uh, the only thing I would say about Mike Evans is that, look, you're the Buccaneers. Tom Brady's gone. I feel like you need to be in rebuild mode. And if you think you can dump uh, Mike Evans, who has like a $23 million cap hit, and you think you can trade that away, and save some money and get some compensation return, then I would do it. Yeah, he only has one year left on his current deal. Um, he's only 22. He won't be 30 until next season. He was drafted, I think he was in the 2014 draft, I think he, because he played with jo- Johnny Football, but um, still one of the best players in the NFL. I had heard that Tom Brady, like, throwing the ball, trusted Godwin more, Chris Godwin more than, than Mike Evans, but Mike Evans still made a ton of plays. But it does feel like this team is in, in rebuild mode, whether they want to admit it or not. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, I don't even know where he might end up and what you're willing to give up for him. Well, I mean, I, anywhere in like the, I, like bills and Patriots, I think could both be interested, uh, get approved. What are you giving up uh, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know what the Buccaneers asking price would be, but it can't be super high. The bears. I mean, they traded for chase Claypool, but I would imagine you want to add some more weapons. Does Mike Evans want to play in cold weather? He went to Texas A&M. The answer is probably no. Uh, let's see who else is there. The Seahawks don't need wide receivers. The Rams potentially, potentially we, we heard yeah. Billy the mentioned Rams D-Hop definitely. earlier. I don't know. The, the, the New York football giants. Giants are definitely a landing spot. Maybe the big market there might, might be uh, interesting to, to Mike Evans, even though it's cold there. We got Billy mentioned the chargers because Keenan Allen might be gone. And Billy put one more silly thing here on the end of the rundown. They'll take a quick break, but um, time to move on from, from Dak. If you're the Cowboys, I mean, I think the answer is no because uh, my follow up. Uh, the always- vitriol from Billy on NFC East teams is is amazing. And the final was- one is: Should Jalen Hurts already put, be in the Hall of Fame? Um, you know, I will say though. Do you think? And look, this is not saying the Dak Prescott 
is the same talent as Andy Dalton or Kirk Cousins. I, I think he's oh, better boy. than both of those guys. But does he have the same ceiling? Are, can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with him, Ryan? Dak? No. Yeah. I think the Giants are more likely to win a Super Bowl with this with the personnel around Daniel Jones and the coaching than Dak. Well, so if you can't win a Super Bowl with your quarterback, do you cut ties at some point? Well, you know, common sense says yes, but Jerry Jones feels differently. It seems about Dak. I, so I think the question here is how much longer do you go with? Like, look, I'm going to use the Bengals example, and again, I think Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. But the Bengals draft Dalton in 2011. The Bengals go to five straight, make five straight playoff appearances, but they eventually got to a point where they said, Dalton's not getting us to the next level. We got to move on, even though they had gone to five straight playoff appearances. So now you have the Cowboys, where Dak has been the starter for seven seasons now. They've gone to the playoffs four times, but they've never made it past the divisional round. So do you, do you get to a point where you say, all right, it's time to see if there's something better out there? Yeah, I, I'm not going to push back on that, but I don't know what's plan B. Number one, Cowboys have the 26 pick and, you know, Jerry's been known to fall in love as well. We talk about Tepper and Ursay willing to, to wheel and deal for a quarterback. I would imagine that Jerry would be too, but I mean, okay. Well, I think one thing though, is that his contract only runs through 2024. So maybe that's the, you know, he'll probably be looking for extension after the upcoming season, 2023, but you're like, eh, Let's let this one run out. If he doesn't get you past, if he doesn't get you the conference title game in 2023, that's when you say, you know what? Let's just, let's, let's work. The, we'll go through this entire contract. We'll let him play it out and we'll see what happens. What if the Ravens want to trade Lamar for Dak straight up? <laughs> straight up. I think I probably do it if I'm the Cowboys. And I'm the Ravens, do it. I, both teams. I don't think that's, uh, oh man, that would be insane. The, the internet would break if Dak Prescott got traded for Lamar Jackson. Straight the Ravens up. will be worse with, with Dak, I feel like, just because Lamar does a lot on his own. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Jets, Trevor Lawrence, Russ, and Sean Payton, and some old Jared Goff talk right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Equality gets no timeouts tryouts or second chances february reminds us we can change our circumstances we give thanks to the athletes who took big risks who beat the odds despite being eyeballs because of their skin but to change the status quo you have to be willing when silence is comfortable speaking out is an act of resistance this is the month we remember but more importantly we dream of something bigger all right 
We're back, Breach. And we talked already about the Jets and the quarterback situation, but I'll ask you this. Our buddy Jason Lockham Ford tweeted that he talked to more than one general manager during Senior Bowl week. And something very interesting came about. Justin Fields may not be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. He may be on the trade market. Like, I didn't hear that, but I wasn't looking to hear that. I didn't hear that from other folks who follow the NFL closely, but it doesn't mean it's it's not a, a possibility. If you have the number one overall pick and you've seen Justin Fields for two years, get absolutely beaten down week in and week out because of the offense you ran until the last half of the season with Luke Getze. New regime, new coach. Would you think about trading him and take a quarterback number one? Uh, I mean, the whole offense is horrible. The offensive line is horrible. And you're going to throw a rookie quarterback back there to get destroyed. That just seems like a recipe for disaster. So I, that just seems like an incredibly risky move. I'm not saying they won't do it. Because they're the Bears, they make incompetent decisions regularly. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Um, and, again, not you know, breaking news there. They had the first overall pick. I think you trade down. You stay with Justin Fields, who showed glimpses of being really good, especially with his legs. And we saw how successful Jalen was with his legs, Jalen Hurts, throughout the course of the season and even in the Super Bowl, and, and then build an offense around him that caters to what Justin does best. And if Jay, if Justin ends up 85% of Jalen Hurts in a year, I think that's a, that's exactly what you want. But you can't have the offense the way that Matt Nagy had it in Justin's first year and the first half of last season with Luke Getze. You have to sort of figure it out and then keep him healthy. So I think you trade down, get a bunch of offensive linemen, uh, sign a bunch of offensive linemen, focus Although on I, offensive linemen. I, Wilson, I do think it's hilarious that uh, Justin Fields went on the Part of My Take podcast and said he hates playing in cold weather. Like, man, oh, you play boy. in Chicago and that he hopes a dome gets built. Well, guess what? If a dome gets built, it's not happening for at least five to seven years. So you're stuck playing out in the cold. And that's not a great thing I want to hear if I'm the head coach or the general manager of the Bears that my starting quarterback doesn't like playing in cold weather when you're playing six weeks of the season. Or, I mean, eight weeks, starting mid-November, and now the regular season goes through mid-January. So you're talking about almost two months where you could have incredibly cold weather. So th- that was just an interesting comment by Fields. A couple things. Five to seven years when that dome is built, Fields will be in a wheelchair by then. Number two, he played Ohio State. All right. Bill, yeah, and, uh, and the thing is, he's from Kennesaw, Georgia. That's I lived in Atlanta for a few years. It gets They get winters there. It's not like this is living in Hawaii or South Florida where it's 70 degrees year-round. I mean, he's lived in normal four-season weather, and he just doesn't like cold weather. If you're watching on YouTube, Billy put up the comment from Justin Fields that Breach mentioned. It's very difficult to adjust to. I hope we get we get a dome. End quote. Again, Chicago is colder than than Columbus, Ohio, but it's not. I don't know. Maybe the wind is an issue. I, I don't know. But again, that's a weird thing to say when you're in year two of uh, a potentially five year deal. All right, let's talk about it. I asked over the first half of the season what was up with Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence heard that, took it personally, started taking his job seriously and going into work and doing more push-ups, and he he flipped a switch, he and Doug Peterson in that offense, and they played well up until the final game against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Can Trevor Lawrence take that next step? And I would imagine that next step is uh, making it a little deeper into the playoffs, perhaps um, building on winning the division, win more than they went 9-8, and eight, which was uh, they wanted the division, but but improve on that and all, all around improve as, as a team uh, that people now take seriously, even though they play in the AFC South. Uh, you know what? Trevor Lawrence cut his interceptions in half playing for a competent head coach. He doubled more than doubled his touchdown pass total 
And I think that giving him another year in Doug Peterson's system that he can absolutely uh, take the next step because he fell like seven steps backwards playing for Urban Meyer. So he's like, I think it's going to be easy for him to get back to where he was. And then now you just got to keep moving up. And yeah, I do think that uh, this might sound crazy or not sound crazy, but it just feels like Jacksonville might be the run of the the kings of the jungle and the NFC or the AFC South for a while. Yeah, I'm looking at that. I mean, we'll see what happens with Houston and the two draft picks that we mentioned. But even if they get whatever quarterback they love at number two, they have a lot of other issues <laughs> to fix on both sides of the ball. Well, and like the Colts could absolutely be good if they get their quarterback situation figured out. But like Jacksonville's just they're all they've got they're pretty decent everywhere. Everywhere. You know, like there's not a team that has like a gigantic weakness, like the Titans offensive line, the Colts quarterback situation, the Texans half the roster. So it's just Jacksonville was built smartly over the past couple of years. All they need to figure out is how to cover Travis Kelsey and then they'll win the Super Bowl because that was a huge concern for them in the playoffs. All right. You know, we talked about in the post Nathaniel Hackett world when the next Denver Broncos coach is hired, he needs to be someone who could take the reins of that organization. And by that, I meant control Russ Wilson, because given how things ended in Seattle, it was clear quite quickly that Pete Carroll and John Schneider were right and (laughs) Russ Wilson was wrong. Things went sideways, whatever the worst sideways way you can go. That's exactly how the Broncos were to the point that Nathaniel Ackie got fired before the season was over. Russ looked like one, and I'm not even exaggerating, one of the worst quarterbacks in the history of, of organized football. So Sean Payton is here. Rex Ryan might be following, which is fun to think about. Sean Payton, I think we talked about this on the podcast. He's not going to allow Russ to have his workout guy in the building, I believe, was was one of the stipulations. There are going to be some rules in place. Can Russ and Sean work amicably together? And will this team – now, look, they're going to be better than they were last year when they won five football games. But are, are they going to scare the Chiefs and or the Chargers who you think missed the playoffs or the Raiders in the AFC West? See, as the guy who picked the Broncos stupidly Ooh. to win the Super Bowl last season, uh, this is exactly what I didn't want, where I midseason I was like, this team's terrible, and I'm glad I'm out. I'm out on them. And then – they hire Sean Payton. It's like, and you just totally redeemed yourself. <laughs> um, so that's where I am right now. And this is so it makes me sad that I'm back in on the Broncos. I do think this is just a great move for Payton. I kind of say this on when Payton got hired with the podcast. I just feel like it's win-win for him because if he fixes Russell Wilson, the Broncos are good. He's going to get all the credit. If he can't fix Russell Wilson, the Broncos are bad. Then everyone's just going to assume Russell Wilson was horrible and can't be fixed. And that's not Sean Payton's fault. So there's no downside for him. Uh, I do think they'll win more than five games because that offense also dealt with a lot of injuries. I mean, they had offensive line injuries, wide receiver injuries. Javante Williams got injured. So they weren't healthy at all throughout the season. And so with everyone healthy, you have Sean Payton uh, calling the plays, running the offense. And I don't think, I think they improve at least two or three games minimum. So we're looking at seven or eight wins. And then, you know, if Peyton can fix Russell Wilson, maybe we're talking about 10 wins. I love that you're trying to ease back into the pool after you just did a cannonball in the shallow end and uh, broke your your cockix trying to pull for the Broncos last season. So, look, wait a second. That cost a first-round pick, a late first-round pick to get Sean Payton. And you're like seven wins is a step in the right direction. Like, how patient do we have to be? Russ Wilson's a Hall of Famer. So what are we waiting on? How patient does Peyton have to be? No, if you're the new owners, the Walmarts, Shouldn't you want to win? Shouldn't you be wanting the playoffs? Yeah, that's why they got Sean Payton. Yeah, they absolutely want the playoffs. But I'm saying if Russell Wilson is horrible, Sean Payton go to the owners and look, say, I know uh, he's going to say, look, I had nothing to do with this dumb contract we gave Russell Wilson. 
but I think we need to move on. And so you either figure out a way to move on after 2023, but that's only if he's horrible again. So that's the whole thing. You know, the ownership's not going to blame Sean Payton if Russell Wilson is bad next season. So, all right, let me ask you this. So let's say last season for Russ Wilson was a zero. Let's say him at his best when he was going to the Super Bowls with Seattle with, with the help around him was a hundred. What do you expect Russ to be in 2023? Better than last year. I just think that you got to give me a number zero to hundred. Uh, 84, 84. Did you hear the well, scale? Zero was last year. hundred was him and his best in Seattle. You think he's gonna be 84 next year? Yeah. He's going to be like a B minus compared to his best year in Seattle. Holy cow. C 78. I'm going to go down six points. I'll go down the seventies. So, okay. That sounds better. What if he's angry about not having, not being allowed to have his personal coach into the building? Uh, well, then he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. And then he'll say, hey, what if I win the Super Bowl? Can I bring my coach back in here? And they'll be like, sure, Russell. And then they win the Super Bowl, and they're like, ha-ha, joke's on you. No, play with the chip on your shoulder again. All right, but you just real it. quick, yeah. the the Russell Wilson's cap hit, his dead cap for 2023, which you know he's not going anywhere. It's $107 million. Uh, oh, This is from Track For 2024, though, and that's the year where I'm thinking, if he's horrible in 2023, Peyton's going to be like, let's move on. His dead cap that year is $85 million. So there's not oh. even... A realistic way. I mean, I'm sure the post June 1st will cut that down to maybe a little bit under 50 million, but it's still such an absurd number. But there's no way out of this contract for the next two years. Folks in the comments are have low expectations for the Broncos. You mentioned <laughs> that you think the Chiefs are going to miss the playoffs. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, hold on. That's because Billy put the over under at nine and a half. So well, that, char- right. You mentioned the Chargers on the Chiefs would miss the playoffs earlier in the show. Who wins more games? The Chargers well, well, or the Broncos? I did, I did not say the Chiefs who missed the playoffs. No, I said I said I corrected myself. I said the Chargers. Okay. Okay, yeah. okay. You said the Chargers could be a team that that regresses. Okay. The Chiefs okay. are going to win the Super Bowl again. I don't want to yell at my Chiefs fans who are still yeah. probably still hungover from the parade. So who wins more games next year? The Chargers or the Broncos? Uh I'll say the Chargers, but I'll mm-hmm. say the Broncos finish within two games of them. Two games. That's embarrassing. What is that too much or too little? Embarrassing for the Chargers? Embarrassing for Russ Wilson to be like, oh, you're two games within a team that missed the playoffs, and you're still not going to the playoffs. Well, what if the Chargers are 9-8 and eight and the Broncos are 7-10? and 10? The Broncos need to win more games than they lose. They went 5-12. and 12. If you go 7-10 and 10 or 8-9, and nine, you win. You improved. Might I direct you to the comments you just read about Russ Wilson's cap hit? That's on yes. Russ Wilson. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And that's on the general manager for giving him a crazy contract without seeing him play a single down for Denver. Oh, I'll tell you a funny story quickly. Like um, George Payton, the general manager of the Broncos, has been Spielman's right-hand man for like literally 30 years. Like Spielman, he would take George everywhere he went in terms of when he moved from one team to the next. And um, as you mentioned, Rick will talk about anything. So we were driving around Mobile, Alabama, going to practice or something a few weeks ago. And that's when the Sean Payton news broke. And I said, hey, do you think Sean Payton's going to be able to talk to, to be able to fix Russ? And I was just thinking about that, nothing else. And, and like I said, Rick will talk about anything. He goes like this. He goes, eh, we'll see. I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> and like an hour later, I was like, oh, you don't want to talk about it because of George. He goes, yeah, I'm a pretty easy book to, to read. I'm not talking about my guy and how things are going to happen. You know, I hope it works out, but I'm not telling you anything, dummy. So, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll have that's to push funny. him on that later. All right. Another crazy question from Billy. He must have wrote this at 2 in the morning. We already had the Daniel Jones Giants Super Bowl talk. Can Jared Goff get back to the Super Bowl with the Lions? The thing is, this is, I think this is less crazy than the, the Daniel Jones talk. What do you think? You know what? Let's switch this question to can Jared Goff end the Lions' 33-year 
playoff win drought. 33-year drought without a playoff win. You know, we had all the talk with the Bengals finally ended. It was at 31 years, the or 32 years, excuse me. It was 31 years for the Bengals, but it's going to be 32 years for the Lions who have not won a playoff game since the 1991 season. So let's Sweet. let's take baby steps. Can the Lions okay. win their first playoff game since 1991 with Jared Goff this year? Give me some odds on the yes, no. Um, I'm guessing it's yes probably, plus. I, I would well, say like plus 180. Yes. Ah, uh, it's got to be higher than that. You think so? they got to get to the playoffs? This team is good though. That's why I, that's the wins over Wilson was plus 180. Uh, well, to win the Super Bowl, they are yeah. uh, they're plus 3,000 to win the Super Bowl. So I guess it's not uh that out of because I mean they won nine football games. They started slow and then got red hot. Had a chance to make the playoffs. I don't remember the scenario that they needed that obviously didn't work out. Um, they're better than the Packers. They're better than the Bears. How much worse are they than, than the the extremely lucky Minnesota Vikings that went 13-4? Well, I, I think the Lions are good. That's the thing. is, And I do think they can get to the playoffs. And you could certainly make the argument that they're, from a talent standpoint, they could be the second-best team in the division going into next second. season. Maybe first you want to make that you want to go that far. I mean, if you did, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even rip you for it and make fun of you because it, it's it's you could make the argument. So yeah, I, I think that it's completely possible, and I hope it happens because Lions fans deserve it. Uh, and Lions fan uh, paid for the conversation we had with the money that went to uh, charity in August. Oh really? That guy was charity Lions go fan? to? What charity do we donate to? St. Jude's is what we use. St. Jude's, yeah, St. Jude's. So. Yeah, it was a Lions fan. Uh, nice. Had a great conversation with him, and I was like, "Man, I hope you guys eventually win a playoff game." So, yeah, I, I think this team is absolutely talented enough to win a playoff game next. All season. right, which team wins a playoff game first, the Lions or the Cowboys? Ooh, ooh. what if it's Cowboys versus Lions? I will take the, the spread's going to be Lions minus twelve, and I'm taking the Lions. Well, they played each other in, I think, 2014, and there was a controversial call, like a pass interference or something, holding, defensive holding, uh, and the Cowboys ended up winning 24-20. Um, you know what? I will just say, and look at this, Billy getting the chart out of playoff wins since 2020. The Lions have the big zero or since 2000. Since 2000. That is an now ugly do, number. Do 2000 to, to 2023, uh, 2021. Let's see where the Bengals are. <laughs> Where are the Bengals now? How many playoff wins do they have? I can't see that well. The Bengals, it's five. They have five. All Joe Burrow wins. Unbelievable. All Thank you, Joe Billy. Burrow. Uh, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the graphic of the Lions, the Big Zero. Every other NFL team has at least one playoff win since 2000. Even the Browns. Who the Browns beat? Oh, the Steelers. Key Wilson. <laughs> Key Wilson. I was thinking about the 2002 game where Kelly Holcomb lost in the last minute to the Steelers and Chris. But I forgot about the Baker Mayfield whooping that we took uh, in Big Ben's. I think it was Big Ben's swan song. Uh, here's the thing about the Lions winning first before the, the Cowboys in the playoffs. It feels like Dan Campbell's gotten that team over any stigmas associated with losing in Detroit, whereas I'm not sure Mike McCarthy in January has done that with the Cowboys. Well, that's the thing is I do feel like with the Lions that uh, th that the week 18, the season finale game against the Packers felt like a playoff game. And that's the kind of attitude you want to see that his guys came. They had literally nothing to play for. There was nothing to be gained except to know that you are keeping the Packers home from the playoffs. And they went out and won a game that was played in a playoff atmosphere. So that's what makes me think that they can do this uh, next season. And you look at how they finished. I think they went eight and two in their final 10 games. I mean, that's insane. So, yeah, I think the Lions absolutely could win a playoff game next year.
Speaking of insane, before I forget, Breach, we missed you on the on the Super Bowl podcast because you were actually at the stadium writing. But uh, the Chiefs' victory also meant that oh, Wilson boy won the uh, oh, won the all. I have to bend you what? That's right. It was me versus Brinson, oh, Eagles versus Chiefs. So you owe me thirty three dollars and thirty three cents. Uh, yeah, that was a big win because I was down to one team. I think after the first round of the playoffs, maybe. My it Chiefs. looked like you were falling apart. And you know what I'll say is that uh, I was secretly rooting for you because I didn't want Brinson to win two years in a row because his head would get too yeah, big. Yeah, he did win last year. Tell him to bring me my money. Yeah! That's right. Is that how the kids oh, do it, Billy? Do you even uh, have Venmo, Wilson? Do you even know what Venmo is? I Venmo you $5. Remember that? Oh, yeah, that's right. I can Venmo you that five back plus $28.33. All right. One last thing, okay. and then we'll get out of here. Right. And. This is actually Billy saved finally put a good question on the rundown, and this is a good one. Last year the Browns went seven and ten. Deshaun Watson was suspended for the first eleven weeks, I believe, of the season. And when he came back, he looked terrible. And there's no other way to put it. Jacoby Brissett looked much better. And hopefully Jacoby Brissett gets a job somewhere, probably as a starter. I mean, there are plenty of teams with quarterbacks, and he's sort of that that gap guy that we talk about all the time. Is Deshaun Watson? Ready to turn the Browns organization around. We're looking at the graphic here on YouTube. They have one playoff win since 2000, thanks to Big Ben. But a year ago this time, that was another big offseason move that we were talking about. Deshaun Watson signed a five-year, $230 million contract, all guaranteed. His cap hits are insane. They're not going to do anything with them. I mean, the, the dead cap hit, should they cut him right now, is $219 million. And we were laughing about Russ Wilson's dead con- dead cap hit. You cannot get rid of Deshaun Watson ever. Like his contract runs through twenty twenty six, and twenty twenty six his dead cap is fifty four point nine million. So, you know it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. So you're stuck with him, and that's just reality. You're in, you're in a a, mar- a an arranged marriage. I don't know if it's a loveless marriage yet, but how confident are you that Deshaun Watson can regain his form and get the Browns back in the conversation? Forget the AFC, but in the AFC North. I mean, it's not like how many great games did he even play? I realize he only played six games after serving his suspension, but he didn't look like a good quarterback out there. I mean, he didn't have a single 300-yard game. He only threw over 200 yards twice in six games. And so maybe it was uh, Stefanski trying to ease Watson back in because it is not easy to miss the whatever 11 or 12 games of football and you're, you're not in football shape and – you don't have as good of a chemistry with your receivers and tight ends, and I get all that. So I do think he'll be a little bit better uh, in 2023, but saving the Browns organization, like I don't think they're better than the Bengals. I don't think they're better than the Ravens with Lamar. And Keep going. I'm not sure they're better than the Steelers. So what, Steelers won nine games. And what do you do? So like, what if Deshaun Watson isn't good in 2023? What do you do if you're the Browns? So I'd instead of, of you, instead of saving the Browns organization, is is Deshaun Watson going to destroy the Browns organization? This is it, and they just fold because they can't afford to pay the rest of his contract. Imagine being the final piece of the puzzle that that destroys the Browns, an organization that's been teetering <laughs> on the brink for decades. I part of me wonders if at any point the front office slash ownership asked the league just to, to uh, suspend Deshaun for the entire year, because it felt like once you bring him back, the pressure's on that he has to perform right away right we all knew he wasn't going to because he didn't play in two years and what's the difference between two and a half years off and three years off at this point i think you come back you start fresh i think he was allowed to take part in training camp last year he played in the preseason games i recall correctly but 
again, you're taking that two months, two and a half months off in between the last snap you took at practice in August or September and playing real snaps in games that are much faster. I wonder if that would have made a difference or just sort of push the uh, kick the can down the road. Uh, let's see. Radom, would you rather have on this Browns roster, same coach, everything changes, would you rather have Deshaun, Dak, or Jared Goff? Oh, my God. I don't even know. That is just – why would you put me in this situation? That's, um, that's, the, that's the dilemma they find themselves. And one of these guys costs a lot more than the other two. Dak has a nice chemistry with Amari Cooper. That's does, that, does that count for anything? Him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Watson probably isn't my number one pick there. I think the, the takeaway is that whoever the quarterback is, they're, they're probably still finishing third or fourth in that division, unless Lamar, something happens crazy with him in Baltimore. So, yeah, the answer is that uh, Watson is probably not ready to save the Browns. It's not entirely his fault. The Browns typically Browns it up, and they did it again last offseason. And my buddy, who's a hardcore Browns fan, and he has been his entire life, I went to college with him, says to me all the time, and I'll ask you this, Breach, would you rather have Deshaun, or would you rather have all those draft picks that you had and all the money and just roll with Jacoby Brissett last year and then reset now? Uh, for me, it would be the second one. Right. I don't even think about that one. Yeah, he, he said that from Jump Street, and regardless of the off-field stuff, which is clearly, which is a huge problem, no doubt about it, but just in terms of the on-field productivity, lack of productivity. All right, Breach, anything else? Uh, Wilson, that was fun. Yeah. And if you haven't read Breach's story about the guy who caught the football, the, the game-winning kick in the end zone after flying there that same day, go read it on CBSSports.com. He was whining about that, so go check that out for him. <laughs> Give this video a thumbs up if you liked it or if you didn't like it. It doesn't matter. Just give it a thumbs up anyway because I don't think you're allowed to give thumbs down on YouTube. Smooth move Google. And we'll be back soon. By the way, with the First Pick Podcast coming up on Thursday as well. Breach, we're going twice a week now with the draft approaching, so check that out. Otherwise, we'll see you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.